I can say this in a very simple way, Cyber Patient is a virtual hospital with 135 digitally enhanced patients that the learners can reach at any time from anywhere. This hospital is open 24-7 and the patients are not getting tired no matter how many times you, you try on them. And, and there is no legal or ethical consequences. Welcome to Specialty Scoop, Actualité en Spécialité, a podcast showcasing breakthrough ideas in specialty medicine. It's brought to you by the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada, and we're grateful to RBC Healthcare for their in-kind support to make this possible. I'm your host, Dr. Guylaine Lefebvre, and I'm the Executive Director of Membership Engagement and Programs at the Royal College. If you're still here with me, you know who I am. I'm thrilled to introduce today's guest, Dr. Karim Kayumi, founder of CyberPatient. Dr. Kayumi, great to have you. Thank you very much, Dr. Lefebvre. Thank you. It's great to be with you for our conversation this morning. Uh, Dr. Karim Kayumi is a professor of surgery at the University of British Columbia and founder of the UBC Center for Excellence, Simulation Education and Innovation. He's also the founder and CEO of Interactive Health International. Karim wears a lot of hats, but today we're focusing on his role as the founder of a fascinating learning opportunity called Cyber Patient. As physicians, surgeons, mentors, teachers, colleagues, one goal we have in common really is to ensure that our learners succeed. And we have seen such progress with simulation in how we are able to learn. I, I still remember the days where as a medical student, we actually didn't have Google. I, a friend of mine said the toughest thing with being a student in your day must have been that you couldn't Google anything let alone uh, the simulation experiences that we have today. I, so so showing up at the bedside of a patient with a handbook that you would open on the step-by-step of how to put in a catheter, for example, must have been somewhat disconcerting for the patients we looked after. <laughs> now, obviously, we have simulation, but it, it can be very intimidating, uh, as I've seen for our learners to be in an environment where we're observing them trying to perform tasks in a simulated environment. Uh, I actually have seen situations where learners and, and sometimes even staff will leave in tears from the experience, which isn't obviously what we want. So Karim, the, the obvious question to start off with is, what is cyber patient? Let me um, elaborate a little bit and confirm what you already mentioned. I also believe that there is a huge discrepancy uh, between theory and practice of medicine. And I would uh, say that there is a huge gap between theory and practice of medicine. We are very good at teaching theory, but when uh, students are taking the books into the ward, we have lots of difficulties. And even Flexner's report indicated that in a big way. But I have to acknowledge that Canadians have been pioneering to fill this gap between theory and practice of medicine. Uh, The standardized patient are a product of Canadian uh, education system. Uh, And also the the second solution that we have for that is physical simulation, as you mentioned, uh, in simulation centers. But both of these methods are uh, does not solve all the problems. It solves some problems. 
And um, the technology is there and it's time to move into a virtual environment to support uh, the students and to fill the gap between theory and practice of medicine. So uh, to answer your question directly now, uh, Cyber Patient is a interactive virtual simulation that provides the clinical environment for students and other learners, uh, such as physicians, uh, nurses, and others, to practice, drill, and learn their clinical skills and clinical judgment in particular. So Cyber Patient is a platform that provides that environment for our learners. Thanks. So as a platform, then, if I understand, I would go on to the cyber patient platform and put myself in a, in a mental space where I'm now in the patient's room and what do I do next? Is that, is that how the programs have been set up? So the program is um, actually built to simulate and to mimic the real clinical environment from the time the patient comes to the physician or to the emergency room uh, to the time the patient goes home with recommendations. Uh, so it covers the continuum of care even before and after that. If I can say this in a very simple way, cyber patient is a virtual hospital with 135 digitally enhanced patients that the learners can reach at any time from anywhere. This hospital is open 24-7 and, and there is no legal or ethical consequences. What, what uh, comes to mind for me is the days where as faculty we would have to scour the wards to try and find a patient that had a particular diagnosis so that hopefully our learners could learn and, oh my goodness, you didn't want to be the patient in that bed that had a rare or a more pronounced demonstration of a particular condition because you could have a lot of people come through your room, as you say. I, I used to go to the wards the day before or the night before to find the, the, the right patients. And still, the patients are not coming for our curriculum. They come as they get sick. So during the rotation, we may not have the patients that you would like to expose to our students. But with cyber patient, yes, you have the opportunity to pull in any patients, any pathology that's part of your curriculum and give the opportunity for students to practice on them and also the beauty of cyber patient is that the teacher has full access into the cyber patient's student's platform. Um, so the outcome that is uh, determined by an intelligent tutoring system is documented in details. And the teacher can go and look at those documentations and give feedback to the student. Perhaps you have a lot of experience in a clinical rotation of a month to have a formative assessment once maybe would be a very good thing to do because it's time consuming and it's it's not that easy to do. But with cyber patient in a rotation, I have done like four or five uh, feedback to the students and, and you can constantly go within half an hour after dinner and just look at five of your students, 10 of your students, they are weak in here, they didn't do the right thing on prescription or they didn't, they didn't have these right choices and so on. So you can give them a feedback before the summative exam. 
the main advantage I hear right now is related to the fact that you don't have to be there in the middle of a busy clinic with your student at the same time doing this, right? So, so asynchronously, it makes that relationship easier. Yes, yes. The other good thing about asynchronous uh, method of delivery is that with synchronous method of delivery, the more students you have, the more expenses you have. But with asynchronous delivery, the, all the expenses are front-loaded. So once you make the cyber patient, the more students use it, the cheaper it becomes. So with nowadays being in a distributed model of education for most of our universities, there's an advantage also, as I, as I hear, of being able to, to harmonize or standardize what it is that we present to our learners and, and help them complete it. Is this integrated at all with the competence by design, which has obviously transformed the way we look at medical education do you see this fitting into the uh, the cyber patient? Uh... We made it exactly to support competence by design. So cyber patient, we have uh, several other products. If we have time or you, you like me to ex explain, I will explain. But each product would support at students and learners at different level. For example, we will have a cyber patient uh, 2.5 for undergraduate education from entering to clinical skills program to going to clerkship and internship. And then we have technology for transfer uh, from university to residency training program. And then we have technology during residency training program. And then we have technology for post-residency training room for maintenance of competency. Perhaps it is the only standardized platform in technology that would support the competency by design fully in a standardized fashion. This is an amazing innovation, truly. And uh, even into practice, right? Because we looked at the continuum of practice and making sure that you are up to date with what it is that is required of your specialty in a particular situation. So knowing that there's psychological safety and being able to go to cyber patient and try out different patient experiences, so to speak. What does the future look like for you uh, with cyber patient? So in the immediate future, uh, we would like to take care of the um, issues that are that are gaps in medical education. Uh, as I mentioned, so the gap between theory and practice that Cyber Patient 2.5 would fill it. But there's also a gap between individual training and team performance in the hospital um, that we developed um, a new product. It's called Cyber Patient Team Training so that uh, students can be in control of, of their 3D avatars from different places in a uh, cyberspace inside the computer, and they will communicate uh, with voice with each other, and they're in control of their avatars. And also the teacher is in control of the patient avatar and changing the parameters of that avatar. And we have a pre-briefing and debriefing uh, sessions uh, within the system. So we, we also look at the communication skills is a big problem. We use a two-way artificial intelligence uh, communication uh, softwares to develop a communication between the student and the faculty, between the student and the patient, between the student and the family of the patient delivering the bad news and things like that. 
we we also have the EPAs, like for example, EPAs are something new that is developed uh, with the United States and in Canada and North America. Uh, it's a, the best method of assessment, but it's very time consuming. But we have a patented technology to support EPAs, to build EPAs, not only for examination, but for preparing students practicing for their exams. Yeah, we, we are trying to make sure that uh, that cyber patient will answer all these questions. But recently, we got uh, a grant from a Canadian Space Agency in, a, in the amount of a half a million dollars in NRC uh, together to build cyber patient for the uh, medical crew who are in a, a deep space long-term flight to how to maintain their competency. So as we speak, we are working right now to build that cyber patient for not only for Earth, but also for, for deep space <laughs> missions. You and I have had an opportunity to chat previously on the the fact that uh, our Canadian Space Agency and NRC are actually looking at our physicians who work in rural and remote communities for learning from what obviously is on our planet, but still potentially remote from our major centers and how we can learn one from the other. So we appreciate that correlation. I have no doubt that uh, cyber patient will continue to evolve. I think that team training, my background is, as you know, is obstetrics and, and gynae surgery, where the team is so critical to the safety of our patients. So I'm inspired to know that cyber patient can be used by the entire team for improving patient safety. Karim, I, years ago, I remember reading something on how Surgeons who played video games actually developed better technical skills. Not sure exactly how they ended up measuring that in the end, but I, I now have a, an image of cyber patient as a type of video game in a sense, right? How did you come up with that idea and the necessary technology to put all of this together? Is, is this your background before medicine? No, actually, I, I don't have uh, any technical background, but I reinvent myself <laughs> every several years, um, trying to uh, understand the technology as much as I can. The, the idea uh, was with me uh, from the time when I was a medical school student and first time I went to emergency uh, room and I was not a bad student, but I was like shocked because I saw that lectures and books did not help me to find out because the patients are screaming and I don't know from where to start. And from that moment, I thought, why were not learning practice of medicine from practical perspective, not theoretical perspective? And um, uh, when, when I was at, uh, at UBC, uh, I discussed this with uh, my mentor and um, the head of the Department of Surgery, Dr. Richard Finley. And uh, I said, the, the technology available now. Uh, he said, okay, well, let's, let's see if we can do that. And uh, my son, uh, Tarek Kayumi, at that time being a UBC student, Dr. Finley asked him to come and do a, a summer job in, in the department. And this was his project to make a prototype of this. And then we made a prototype in year 2000, actually, and we showed it to UBC, uh, one of the UBC conferences, and everybody loved it. It was very primitive, uh, but then we had the opportunity to go and raise funds and make a real prototype to work with. It's my son, actually, who is more technology savvy <laughs> and taught me. I understand technology, but I'm not a technology trained person. 
I find that inspiring, and I reflect on a few of our other guests through this uh, this series where it seems to be a common factor that you don't need to know it all to actually develop an innovation. You just need to surround yourself with the right people. Exactly. Also, I have to tell you from my experience, technologies that are developed by technologists, they do not succeed in medicine because they don't know what the learning objectives are, what the problems are and how it works. But I think technology developed by medical people using the the expertise of a technologist is a much better solution, much better combination to support um, the future. It definitely sounds like a very sound pedagogical principle that you would start by understanding the needs of your audience, right? And you were in a position where you, you saw the gap, you understood the need, and you made it happen. Our listeners and, and obviously our specialists and residents may be interested in participating in something doable uh, after listening to this discussion. How can physicians or teams contribute to Cypro patient at, at this time? Well, we are developing all this in collaboration with the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada. So every Royal College member, regardless where they're located, they can participate. They can participate in the development of the programs, development of the products. They can participate in implementation of the product. Because it's a disruptive technology, it opens a huge opportunity uh, for research, uh, educational research. And if anybody who is listening and interested in educational research, I will welcome them all and we will support them fully. My email is uh, public. Uh, Right now, we have about 40 colleagues from different parts of the world in our education committee uh, where they develop curriculum for our patient or even their peer reviewing because it's like a peer review journal, right? It's like a peer reviewed article. Each case we develop, then the specialists would peer review it. So it's also credited as a online peer reviewed publication. So it's good for their career as well. Thank you. That leaves us with great opportunities. You and I could keep talking for a long time about this, but let me share two or three takeaways that I take from our discussion today. Um, One, we can actually learn and practice safely without putting our patients in danger and uh, or overburdening patients who are already sick as as we did uh, over time. Cyber patient I see is a way to bridge the gap as you describe between theory and practice, and it will continue evolving. And I really appreciate your open-mindedness to work with our experts and and our people in the field across the country. We need to interact with real patients. I've, I've also heard from you, this is one component of the learning system. And obviously, uh, it doesn't take away from the importance of being able to, to develop uh, ourselves into being the best doctors we can be using all of the technology that's at our disposal. Krim, do you have any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I, I just wanted uh, people to understand that technology, would, in my opinion, would never replace a patient. Everybody needs a clinical experience. What cyber patient does is give more opportunity for students to be practice ready. That's one important thing to say. And the second thing is that I'm looking forward to collaborate with all of you and, and work together. Thank you. You're such an inspiration. And I don't want to pass up the uh, 
to share with you and our listeners at this point with the war uh, raging on Ukraine, you, you have done a lot of your training through Ukraine and, and offer you our, our most sincere sympathy and you're in our hearts um, with understanding that situation. Thank you for your dedication, for ensuring that our learners continue to succeed and for everything that you're doing uh, here and with the Royal College. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into Specialty Scoop, Actualité en Specialité. Stay tuned for upcoming French episodes of this series. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episodes, please subscribe, give us a rating or write a review. And don't forget to share this episode on social media and with your peers, anyone who may be interested in supporting learners across the healthcare system. Write to us at fellowshipaffairs at royalcollege.ca with your suggestions or with feedback. And you can also tune into the Royal College's podcast for medical students called Specialty Café, en français, le café des spécialités, an opportunity for specialists and residents to share a day in the life of their own specialty. Until next time, I'm Guylaine Lefebvre. Thank you.